Welcome to Cat Talk Radio with your host, Molly DeVos. Molly is a cat expert and certified feline training and behavior specialist. With her expertise and her guests, you'll learn how to interpret and control behavior issues with your cat, how to entertain and converse with them, and keep up on the latest feline news around the world. Now, here is Molly DeVos. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Cat Talk Radio. I'm your host, Molly DeVos, and today I'm joined by my handsome husband, Dewey Bond. Say hi to everybody, Dewey. Hello, everyone out there in the big cat world, big cat fan world, and to my beautiful wife, hello. (laughs) So today on our Cat Talk Radio, we're going to be addressing a topic of suggestion by Boomer on Facebook, reintroducing cats. Now, that's kind of confusing to me because I just don't really think, I mean, I would think introduction of cats is one thing, but reintroducing is a whole new level. And as always, I'm here to learn just like everyone else here. So um, I'm assuming reintroduction is referring to introducing for a second time two cats who have historically got along. I would think, you know, introducing those Back again, they would just kind of go, hey, buddy, I haven't seen you in a long time. What about, you know, where you been? What have you been doing? So what happens <laughs> that you'd ever need to reintroduce two cats who have been getting along already? How do you do that? I mean, why would you do that? Well, <clears throat> that's a good question and a good place to start. First of all, um, you can have a cat that's just had a history of under-socialization. You know, maybe when it was a kitten, it had a, a lack of ex- of good experiences or just a lack of experience altogether with other cats. So when it sees other cats, it goes, oh, my God, I remember those things. They were horrible, you know, and, and thinks all cats are scary and, and bad. Um And sometimes maybe you just haven't picked a good match for your cat. You know, I've seen cats get along really well with some cats and not other cats. And people that have a lot of cats and then bring in a new cat will say, well, the new cat's bonding with Susie and Joey, but really having an all-out brawl with Spotty. And I don't understand what's going on. And, you know, cats like people, there are cats that cats like, and there are cats some cats don't like. And... You know, I don't think there's been any scientific study on that, so I can't speak to the rhyme or reason as to why that happens, but it does happen. So sometimes maybe, you know, you just have inadvertently not picked a good match for your cat. You know, there's also maybe you picked a good cat, but you didn't introduce it right to begin with. Maybe that whole beginning introduction process wasn't done correctly or slowly enough, and now the cats are fighting after, you know, a couple months of trying to live together, and, and you know, you go, well, I don't know what to do. I introduced them right way and all of that. Well, maybe it wasn't the right way. You know, also, scent can play a big role in why two cats who have always gotten together, gotten along together, all of a sudden stop. You know, if you take one cat to the vet, It comes back, or groomer, by the way, or really anywhere, grocery store. If you remove one cat from the household and leave one cat in the household, they come back smelling different. And cats' sense of smell 
is so important for recognition. So when that cat comes back, it goes, whoa, buddy, you might look like my friend, but you don't smell like him and something's wrong. And there's a cat trying to invade our territory. And then they go ballistic and start fighting with each other. Another reason could be medical issues or pain. So if one cat you know, is, is getting a condition which might affect the way that it smells, that can cause the other cat to have that same, you know, unrecognition aggression towards it. Or if a cat is in pain. So let's say that maybe a cat's getting really bad arthritis or it's got something going on in its gut and it's just, it's in pain. And now the other cat comes along and wants to play and do all the things they usually do and, and he lashes out in aggression because it just doesn't feel good. And, you know, happens with people too, obviously. And then another reason would be territorial insecurities or overcrowding, meaning that there, you know, aren't enough resources in the cat's mind. The cat's mind says, there aren't enough litter boxes for all of us. Or, you know, and I better start protecting my territory because there's just not enough stuff here. Whether that's attention from you, high spaces to climb, sunny window spots to nap in, food bowls, whatever, you know, a lot of cats will have a territorial insecurity. And, and, you know, I hear people all the time say, well, but I didn't change anything and they got along fine for years. And now all of a sudden, how can territorial insecurity be an issue? Well, stress builds up in cats. And so think of it like a pressure cooker. You know, every day that cat is pissed off about not having enough litter boxes or, you know, whatever it is. And then, all of a sudden, it just blows its top because it goes, I can't take it anymore. I can That happened to me once in life, actually, but <laughs> it wasn't <laughs> <up> litter boxes. <laughs> and, then, and then there's redirected aggression. You know, if a cat sees another cat outside and, and goes, oh, my God, there's a cat trying to get in. You know, trying to get my stuff. A cat's coming. Oh, no. And it has, you know, turns around and it's at a heightened sense of that fear and fight or flight anxiety and just takes it out on the other cat. We see that a lot. And then once they have that feeling of fear, that heightened fear at the sight and smell of what used to be the buddy cat, that replaces all of those years of getting along. And now every time they see one another, it's fear, fight or flight again. That can also happen when the cats hear a weird noise or a loud noise. I've, I've personally had heard two experiences of this at the very least that, um, one touched us very personally. And that was, we were fostering a cat cat had only been in our office for a couple of days. We were out of town and, and the person taking care of the cat brought her parents with her. And the dad was being funny and was going, row, row, making some, you know, loud cat noise. Well, that just terrified that cat. And it went diving under the bed. And, of course, our, our the person that was taking care of the cat was looking everywhere for him. Finally found him, tried to get him out from under the bed. And the cat was so wound up that he bit her. And he stayed wound up and bit me too when we got back in town. And I saw this recently 
In another situation, a, a client couple were listening to a video. It wasn't even about cats, but in the background, there was a cat howling really loud. And it caused their two cats to start fighting. And again, it, it replaced those feelings of familiarity with fear. And the cats were continuing to fight, which is why they called me. So weird noises. You want to avoid watching your you know, cat videos where things like that could happen around your cats. So some other things. Um, change can really set off two cats who have normally gotten along fighting. You know, like let's say you move to a new home and the territory is all new. And then they want to start duking it out over the territory because it's new territory. Maybe you got married and you got a new person living in the home with you. Uh, or you had a baby or you've had a change in work schedule, you know, which a lot of us did and have coming up, you know, after COVID. Now, all that equals stress for a cat. And again, it's like that pressure cooker. It builds up. And then they start to take it out on each other. And there's one other reason that's not as common. I, I don't see this often, but I do always consider it when I have behavior cases where cats are suddenly fighting. And that is attention seeking. When both cats want attention, they'll start fighting because they know it gets you involved because you'll come over and go, stop, wait, stop. And is everybody okay? And, and all of that. So there you have it. <laughs> okay, wow. That's a lot of circumstances. This must be a common issue if there's that many circumstances. Yeah, it. I, I'm afraid it is more common than you think. I, I get a lot of people reaching out to me about this particular situation. And usually there's one of those things, uh, underlying things going on that triggers this event. And it's real important to start this process. If you have this going on, your two cats are fighting and you think it might be time for a reintroduction. You always want to start at when did this begin? What did I notice happening that was different between the two cats? And then when did the fighting begin and that kind of thing so that you can identify what the cause is. That's where you should start for sure. So when do you know that it's time to reset or reintroduce between the cats? You want to watch them real closely. You know, if they just have kind of a mild irritation going on between them, then maybe just stepping up a little energy-expelling activities like prey play or leash walks or treat toss games or paying more attention to both of them or expanding resources. All of that just might do the trick and, and fix it. But if it's a full-on brawl, every time they see one another, then you really do need to step in and help them gradually get comfortable with each other again. So you said gradually, which indicates this is a long process. Is that correct? Well, it's always longer than people want it to be. <laughs> I think, you know, when people contact me, they go, don't you have that magic behavior modification wand? And you can go poof and the two cats will stop fighting. And boy, do I wish I did because I would charge a lot for my behavior modification consultations if I did. But the process is different for each set of cats. And it really depends on how much time 
you, the owners, are dedicated to putting into this process and also how receptive the cats are. Every every situation is unique, so that time frame can be can vary greatly. So what is the reintroduction method you recommend for everyone? Well, it begins with you want to set each cat up in their own sanctuary room. And that's a room that each cat can be closed off in. And you want to put, of course, food and water and litter and scratching posts and toys and, you know, bedding and good napping places in those rooms with the cats. So what if you don't have the kind of space that you're talking about dedicated to put two cats in there? That's That'd be kind of difficult. Yeah, it can be. And and this works if you just have one one space room too. You can put one cat in what we call the sanctuary room and let the other cat have free run of the house. That works also. So how do you decide which cat is to is to be the one that is sequestered? Well, I I recommend that the cat that you see being the dominant aggressor, the the bully, I guess, if you want to call it that, should be the one in the room. Not as punishment. It's not not seen as punishment or a timeout. But if you put the victim cat in the room, sometimes that dominant cat thinks he's won by running off the other cat. And it almost becomes a reward for the aggressive behavior. But on the other hand, if your victim cat is really timid and shy and not really comfortable having free run of the house, then it can work the other way too. You can put the victim cat in the room and let the aggressor have the run of the house. The most important thing is to separate them. That's that's the most important thing. Then I assume you pick up with the introduction technique and feeding and playing on either side of the barrier door. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. So so you have this this door that's separating the cats. Let's say you have one sanctuary room and you want to feed each cat on either side of the door. About a foot if if possible, you know, you'll you'll know. You you will put the bowls down and you'll watch how each cat reacts. If the cat won't go near the door cuz it's so terrified, move the bowl back. But, you know, ideally start as close as you can to the point that it's it's not causing stress. So I call that threshold. Threshold is when you start to see stress in a cat. So stay just this side of that stress threshold. Now, this means that a free feeding schedule, this, this doesn't work because cats just wait until it senses the other cat's gone and then it'll go up and sneak food. That is not what we want. You know, we, we want them to have a, a positive experience with each other on, on each side of the door. That's what we're doing. And so get on a food schedule. You know, I, I of course, recommend not feeding dry food and feeding your cat canned food so that it can get the hydration and nutrition that it needs. So do that and feed it, you know, multiple times a day so that you have multiple opportunities throughout the day to get them to come together and have a meal, a good experience, even though there's a door, you know, between them. And then each day, move those bowls a little closer to the door. And if you have one cat that just inhales its food really fast, slow it down by either getting one of those, you know, slow feeder bowls they make for dogs or mash the wet food 
on the bottom or the sides of the bowl so that it takes a little longer for the cat to get it off. Then you want a wand play on either side of the door, do treat toss on either side of the door. You know, the cats know that that barrier door is the gateway to the enemy. So the more positive things that happen surrounding that door, the better and quicker this process is going to move along. And that's why I say, too, the process takes as long as it takes, depending on how much time you're going to commit to it. So, you know, if you're going to spend a lot of time making sure good things are happening on either side of that door, it's going to go faster. So take time to do that. Wow. So talk about the barrier door. What does that look like? Well, usually, typically, we start with just a door, like a a regular door, you know, solid door to a room. And then you want to progress to opening that door, cracking that door about two inches. You can put a, a doorstop in the jam of the door so it doesn't close, it doesn't slam shut or, you know, accidentally get a paw caught in there or something like that. And then, you know, tie around the door handle. You can do a hook and eye thing so that the door can't open or close more than that doorstop space or a little block of wood or whatever works for you. And then you want to move to a visual barrier. Now, ideally, that's a temporary screen door. So you just, you know, remove your door, you you know, knock the little pins off the hinges and store that door and get a screen door and put it up so that there's a visual barrier. You can also stack two baby gates. It's a little more cumbersome coming and going and trying to keep the cats from darting in and out and things like that. Screen door is ideal. I've seen people do all kinds of wonderfully creative things. Plexiglass, you can make a plexiglass barrier. You know, people have put their their workout weights that they're not using. Um, which should be probably all of them, right? Up up against a a plexiglass barrier and then put some tabs at the top, you know, so you can easily just, you know, put the little tabs to the side, lift out the plexiglass, go in, set it down in front of the weights, put the tabs back, that kind of thing. Um, So it's really, it's creativity. But you start with a solid door, move to a cracked door, and then progress to a door where the cats can actually see one another. And this actually follows a cat's comfort level of scent first. I'm smelling that other cat. I'm having a paradigm shift on how I feel about the scent of that other cat because I'm getting fed and played with when I can smell that cat being on the other side of that door. And then I can see them and good things are still happening. And then I can fully see them and good things are still happening. So maybe they're not so bad after all. So the the barrier door is a very, very, very important component to this whole process. Wow, this is sounding a lot like a lot of work already. My goodness. That's yeah. Just to reintroduce the kitties, for God's sake. I would yeah, never have it, known it we had to get be. into this kind of detail. It, it can be. And it's the same way when you get a new cat. And I, and that's why I always think people should really think a lot about getting a new cat in the first place. I mean, so many people I talk to in shelters, you know, I always ask, what do you have, you know, what other pets do you have at home? And if they say a cat or cats, I say, 
why are you looking to adopt a new cat? And a lot of times they say, so that I can get my cat a buddy. And then, of course, we go into that conversation of how it's just not that easy. You know, it's, it's, your cat's not going to see another cat as a buddy. They're going to see him as a territory invader. And there's going to be this huge initial introduction process that you probably weren't counting on. And you can't just take them home and drop them off and go, hey, look, let's see what happens. So I always counsel people to really think long and hard about getting you know, a, another cat or expanding their cat household and then, you know, make really sure that that environment supports a healthy relationship between two cats, you know, and that's everything from do you have enough space and time to accommodate another cat and then do you have enough resources to accommodate another cat and, you know, you've got to do these things so that you can make sure that sudden aggression doesn't happen between them down the road. So at what point do you let the cat out of the room? Well, the pace of that depends upon each cat. You know, it could be days, it could be weeks, I've seen months. Um, depends on what their relationship was like before. It depends on what the trigger was, all kinds of things. But at about two days into the sequestering, you want to put the free roaming cat into a bathroom or a carrier or some other room and let the cat that's in the sanctuary room out to roam the house and then put, you know, the free roaming cat into the sanctuary cat's room. This gives them an opportunity to create layers of scent. Now, while you're doing this, watch each cat really closely. Um, doesn't mean you have to follow them around and make them real nervous or anything, but just kind of observe what's going on. Is the cat rubbing its cheek along the walls and the beds and the scratching posts and things like that where the other cat is? If so, that's a good sign. That means that that cat feels comfortable. If that cat is not rubbing and not attempting to scent, then that means that the cat is still really cautious. So you're looking for them to be layering their scent. A lot of really important pheromones come out of the side of a cat's face on, on its cheeks there. And so um, when they take the time to scent an area, then that's a good thing. That means they're, they're comfortable. So you want to you wanna swap spaces so that this scent swapping part starts to happen. Then you open the door and let them smell each other? Is that how it works? No, probably not yet. That wouldn't be a good thing. <laughs> <laughs> during, during this time, while you are scent swapping spaces, you want to, you know, we're still working on counter conditioning. We're changing the way that the cats feel about each other. And so during this time of counter conditioning where you're feeding and playing and all that on either side of this barrier door, you want to harness and leash train the aggressor cat. And you want to teach both cats to look on cue. Use clicker training to do this. Um, and, and this way, you know, the cats will use staring as a, as a dominating gesture. So if cats are locked in a gaze and they're not blinking and they're really staring at one another, that's the precursor to a fight. And so when you see that happening, you want to be able to break that tension with a cue of, look, Sammy, look, and then you toss them a treat that breaks that tension down so that it's not building. 
And you can use clicker training, you know, to also to reward any positive gesture that the cats might have towards one another, like walking by without hissing or swatting. Um, but breaking that stare is the most important to reward and put on cue so that you can use it later if you need to. So what's the point of harness, harness and leash training? So the point of that is so that when you're ready to integrate them, you can control the aggressor so he doesn't lunge at the other cat. You know, they, they get associations and feelings with the sight of the other cat, and that's very important. You want everything to be positive so that it replaces all of those negative associations. So if one cat is, is lunging and trying to attack or run at a cat, that's just going to reinforce negative feelings. So you want to be able to control that cat so that it can't go run at the other one. And that's, that's the importance of that. You harness and leash train both of them if you have the patience and time to do that. But most importantly, the aggressor. So then, you know, I guess you just kind of know when it's time to let one cat off the leash, right? Yeah, you'll know. Yeah, yeah. You'll, you'll know when neither cat is showing signs of stress when around the other. And, and remember, during this whole process, you can control two things, duration and distance. And you increase one or the other as, you know, or both at the same time, I guess, as the cats seem ready. And, and ready means I'm not seeing any signs of stress. I'm not seeing staring between the cats, puffing, hissing, growling, you know, that, that kind of thing. You, you want to see tails kind of going up when they walk by each other. You know, you want to see them able to break gazes and, and not having any of those aggressive gestures. So when they are on either side of the barrier door and you're seeing that, it's time to start the harness phase. And when they're in that harness, you know, in free roaming, except for the harness and leash in the same room, then, you know, you, and they're calm and nobody's being looking annoyed or particularly stressed, then then it's time to go ahead and let them off that harness for a few minutes. Don't just assume your work here is done. You know, let them off the harness. Watch very closely what happens. Have a towel so that you're ready to intervene in the case of a, of a fight. You either put the towel between them if they're staring or you throw it over one cat to, to get them to stop fighting and then separate them again and take two steps back and start over. Um, so you want to make sure that that time together is short in the beginning, maybe five minutes. Don't push it. Don't push it till you have negative interaction. Always stop just this side of negative interaction. And then next time increase it, the duration by a few more minutes and, and that sort of thing. So just remember slow baby steps, baby steps all along the way is Wow, after all that, though, I can say I'm glad we only have one cat. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> that's, that's a lot, it just seems like. But, you know, it's like everything else. I learn a lot every time I do one of these, and I hope everyone else does as well. And I want to say thank you to Boomer for suggesting this topic. And I want to yes, ask anybody out there that has any kind of ideas for our show, please email them to Molly at cattalkradio.com, molly at cattalkradio.com. And I'd like to invite you to help support the work Molly does. She provides these resources for free and works many, many different behavior cases um, in that low-income 
area where families are struggling both financially and in also have cats and you know the cats sometimes and most often suffer and molly steps into that situation and she helps that out and does just about anything she can do to keep cats out of the shelters so she works super hard at doing that so if you also care about the plight of shelter cats consider sending us a gratuity donation it's just very super easy just go to the store the cat behavior solutions website and scroll down to the bottom they made it very easy just go down to the bottom past all the products to the bottom there are donation buttons you can add to your cart yeah and while you're there go ahead and pick up some toys for your cat we have the most amazing wand toy you'll ever find. It's a very long wand, very long cord, and then has a giant, bushy, feathery, crinkle paper, swishy, noise-making sound at the end that all cats love. So pick up a wand toy. I also just put up a cat love pack, which is just $37, and it includes a bunch of sisal mice and a completely packed catnip kick sack a food puzzle a flat bamboo bowl catnip bath wipes and a super large bag of bonito flakes which are wonderful little rewarding treats for your cat so pick up a cat love pack and yeah send us a donation while you're there that's great and there's free shipping for orders over 49 so you know if you go in there and you buy a cat love pack for 37 dollars just Add in a $15 donation or something, and then you get free shipping. So, everybody, it's win-win. Also, be sure to like us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram, and check out the blog that I put on the website. A lot of times people would suggest topics for Cat Talk Radio that are, you know, not really meaty enough for a whole episode. So, I'll go ahead and tackle those in the blog. So, be sure to check that out as well. This is an all-volunteer-based podcast and Cat Behavior Solutions, all-volunteer-based. We make no income whatsoever out of any of these endeavors. We're all about trying to help you take better care of your cat and increase that special bond between the two of you. And we are going to keep doing this as long as shelter euthanasia, euthanasia is the number, is the one, number cause one cause of death, of death in, cats. in cats. That might have been the best one ever, honey. <laughs> 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 All right, everybody. Thank you for joining us today. Until next time, keep calm and purr on. Yes, thank you, everyone. Goodbye. Looking for products that address specific cat behavior issues? On our website, cattalkradio.com, you'll find things that will create enrichment in the environment for your cat. Toys that will reduce boredom, the world's best and safest nail clippers, and much more. All proceeds support our mission, reducing the number of cats surrendered to shelters. Stop by the site and pick up a few tips and tidbits for your cat today. Visit cattalkradio.com and look for The Behavior Shop. You can be a cat lifesaver by helping to keep us on the air. In the U.S., about 10 cats per hour are euthanized in shelters due to behavior issues. 
Through this educational radio show, behavior consultations, seminars, and articles, Cat Behavior Solutions intercepts cat behavior problems in the home, reducing the number of cats who are surrendered to shelters. Make a donation at catbehaviorsolutions.com. That's catbehaviorsolutions.com. Thanks for tuning in to Cat Talk Radio. Please join your host, Molly DeVos, for another episode of the program on the Voice America Variety Channel. Now, go make a connection with your feline friend.